Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hi, Kat. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? It's going good. It's, you know, nice and cool here. Got a little rain going on. <laughs> we have our first snow-ish storm. Ooh. It messed up our morning commute. I think we got three to four inches depending on where you sit, but mm -hmm. it doesn't look too terrible. I'm always okay with day snow. I know that mm -hmm. sounds really funny, but as long as you can see the sun, like the roads don't feel as scary as dark snow. Right. So... No, yeah, I totally get that because you don't know what's lurking underneath the snow on the roads if it's yeah. ice. Mm -hmm. The sneaky, scary spot. I know. We don't like that. But no. talking about sneaky, we're talking about snacking today. And a lot of people do little sneaky snacking in yeah. throughout their days, but we're not really going to talk about that, but we are going to talk about, you know, are snacks good for you? Are they bad for you? Do you need them? Do you not need them? And, you know, I guess a snack is, you know, I don't think anyone needs a definition, but it's just things that we eat between our main meals. Yeah. And since we're going to air this like right out the gate, first part of January, and everybody's probably going to be on their New Year's kicks, that this is the perfect time to talk about healthy snacking and healthy habits around that, you know, sort of like if you, you're feeling the momentum of making some change coming out 2023, that this will be the perfect thing to add to that repertoire of, of healthy mm -hmm. information. You know, I got a question for you. Do you remember growing up eating as many snacks as we do now as a society? We didn't really snack. We played outside as little kids all the time. I was riding horses. My sister was playing with the dogs. My brother was just annoying both of us, but we didn't have time to snack. But do you remember, like, even in school, there was a scheduled snack time? In kindergarten, there was for us here in Tennessee. But after kindergarten, we didn't have snacks. Yeah, snack time. And then you think about, like, like I just think about it from a standpoint of, like, even when I was working in the nursing home in the dietary, like, we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then we had evening snack. And we would deliver snacks to people's mm -hmm. rooms. Right. And, you know, I don't know, necessarily think that 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 was unhealthy because I think their diets were fairly regimented. But I know that snacking can get out of hand. There's a difference mm -hmm. between, hey, I had some carrots for my snack or, hey, <laughs> I polished off a bag of ranch Doritos. You know, mm -hmm. like there's a difference in mm -hmm. snacking, too. Well, and there's a difference even with I had and I had one Oreo or I had a whole sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> yeah. Which, I'm not maybe so much for Oreos, but man, those cute little Girl Scout thin mint cookies uh, are, my, <laughs> are my nemesis. I, so well, do you I just know don't even buy them anymore because I know better. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes you just keep stuff out of the house. But I was a little surprised. I was reading an article from Harvard University at, on nutrition and market research shows that in, that in the U.S., the most common snack 
choices are fruit, cookies, chips, ice cream, candy, popcorn, soft drinks, crackers, cake, milk, nuts, seed, tea, and yogurt. So honestly, what surprised me is that fruit was first. I don't know if that was intentional. It didn't tell me. But I was surprised, honestly, that fruit and nuts and seeds and yogurt even made the list at all, you know, for the U.S. society as a whole. Because, you know, people snack, they grab whatever's processed and whatever they can get hold of the quickest a lot of times. So I was tickled that there were a couple of good things that made the list of top snack choices in the U.S. I think it's also very important to highlight that that test refers to pop as a snack. Mm -hmm. Instead of a sip all day. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are like, ooh, I just need a sugar rush or I just need a little caffeine. And so they, you know, chug a soda or whatever. And this, friends, is like an empty 150 calories. And by the way, for you people that are listening from the South, when Tanya said pop, what she meant was a Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I do think that some of those snack choices will come to highlighting later. But as we're talking about like healthy habits and healthy snacks, I know that one of the things you're going to talk to is like what what differentiates whether or not snacking is good for you or not good for you. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of benefits of snacking. It provides a boost of energy, especially if if several hours have passed between meals and your blood glucose level drops. It can help curb your appetite so you don't overeat at the next meal because how many times have you, you know, especially with you and I doing our little intermittent fasting, if we delay our lunch by a couple of hours instead of like ending our fast pretty soon, I I have a tendency to eat more than I would have. So Snacking can help curb that overeating tendency. It also can provide extra nutrients if you choose certain snacks. So if you're not a big, if you don't like to eat a lot of salad and a lot of green vegetables, if you choose snacks like fresh fruit or nuts or carrots or broccoli with dip or things like that, that can help increase your nutrients for the day. And it can help you maintain adequate nutrition if you do have that poor diet. So if you don't eat full meals, like if you're not feeling all that great, or if you just don't like setting down to three meals a day, if you really are very mindful about the kinds of snacks you choose, um, that can be a benefit. But, you know, some of the pitfalls of snacking is unwanted weight gain if the portions or the frequency is too much. And a lot of times I know I've seen this not so much in the yoga world, but in the gyms, people come in and start working out. and They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm working out now. I can eat an extra 2000 calories now. You can gain weight even if you're eating healthy stuff, but you want to make sure you're not adding a lot of excess calories. And too much stack snacking can reduce hunger at meal times, and that can also cause people to skip their meal entirely, and that increases the risk of losing out on some really important nutrients. And also, it gives you more of a regular intake of the ultra processed snacks that have a lot of salt and sugar and fats in them, but they're very low in Uh, nutrients. So those are some of the pitfalls of snacking. So the bottom line on all of those is choose your snacks wisely, you know, and, and the timing of them too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I reference bedtime snacking and, and we were proponents for it with our kids without even realizing it. We were like, Hey, here's your bedtime treat. You know, like not even thinking about how erroneous that was in so many ways, like, Mm -hmm. right. And now mindful that, you know, John and I were pretty specific about it. Like we didn't, 
let our kids have whatever it is they wanted. You know, we were pretty, we were pretty mindful about it, but even still it creates this like habit. And so as I look at my own kids, I'm like, wow, I kind of did that to you. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there was a time we thought bedtime snack was such a good thing. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, as an intermittent faster, I'm like, wow, why did I ever teach my children eating after 6 p.m. was a good idea at all? You know, Mm -hmm. like just ridiculous. Your body doesn't need it. And it does literally create a, a different metabolic response. But there are important times and or necessary times where having healthy snacks is important. Like you reference when you're working out and now you say, we have people who are like, hey, now that I'm, you know, pushing all this weight and I'm burning all these calories, I need to up my caloric intake, which if you're doing a really good job of matching your macronutrients, that that is very well indeed could be the case because I've had it on the flip where people are like, oh, no, I haven't eaten. And then they get all woozy or passy outy feeling or right. I just totally made that up passy outy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like the, just sort of that weak immune, their blood sugar is dropping. It's like all the things that you reference and they're not paying attention to the fact that, hey, your body actually needs some fuel, like especially if they're going to go into the hot room and do a four o'clock sculpt class, like you need fuel friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, back to the ranch Doritos, but I am saying you do need some caloric value, whether it is, you know, a clean protein bar or, you know, a, a little bag of vegetables or, you know, a piece, an apple or a banana, like you need some fuel. And a lot of times people don't plan snacks. I know people that are regular dieters do, but you know, 90, I would say, I don't know, these are, this is Kathleen's make made up statistics, but I would say, I don't know, 90% of the people I know anyway, they don't plan snacks, maybe 95, you know, percent, they don't plan snacks, but we're, a lot of people are very careful about planning their meals. What are we going to have for breakfast? What are we going to have for lunch? And they plan and they think about what they're going to have, but they don't plan snacks. And so that's when a lot of the bad choices happen. But if you really think about it, if you look at, okay, when am I going to snack. And, you know, when I, I've had some very anal times in my life where I would only snack at like 10 and 2, period. And if I didn't snack at 10 and 2, then I was waiting till a meal. So, I mean, that's a little little crazy. That'll be in my body image book that I'm writing. <laughs> so ignore all that stuff. But you do want to think about when. You don't want to plan a snack for 10 minutes before your meal happens. Then why? Why are you snacking? Are you snacking because you went to your mom's house and she made something wonderful and you just want to eat it, but you're not really hungry? Or are you snacking because maybe there is an emotion attached to it? Are you setting at work and you're just bored or you're stressed or you're tired and someone has a big candy jar there. So thinking about the when you're snacking, the why you're snacking, and then you know, we've already talked about this, but the what you're snacking, deciding on your snack choices ahead of time, that can help satisfy you and it can help you keep from, you know, being your own worst enemy. Yeah, there's a big piece to uh, the emotion piece that you brought up. And I think that it, it serves us to at least spend a moment to talk about that because there is a lot of occurrences to unnecessary snacking, eating, um, even just portion control that is relative to emotion. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you say, is it emotionally eating? Is it boredom? Because if you were to ask around the people that you know who have unwanted weight gain over the last 
two to five years and you were to say, hey, can you pinpoint it? People are going to say portion control. People are going to say snacking. Portion control is a big one because I don't know, you know, and I, I don't remember if I've ever given this example or not. If I have, then you guys get to hear it twice. But my mom got on a health kick for a while and she decided she read somewhere that almonds were really great for you. She, and this is, this has been probably five or 10 years ago. So every time she went to the kitchen, she'd grab this giant hand of almonds and she started gaining weight, but she was eating healthy in her mind. I don't know how many she was eating, but every time she grabbed a handful, she probably had 20 or 30 almonds in her hand. Sometimes, you know, you, if you look at the count, the quantities on almonds, almonds. (laughs) yeah, 16, that is the snack, the end. It's not 16 and, oh, I'm still hungry. I think I'll have more or yum yum it's like stop at 16 that's a snack because the snacks the purpose of a snack is not to fill you up like you're having a meal a snack is just to kind of tide you over to keep the hunger at bay until you have your next main meal it reminds me of a great joke that i used to have with a friend of mine back when i was doing my competitive cycling Mm -hmm. and i used to have almonds i used to pull out literally count out 16 almonds and i would take the time with a little knife and i would split them all in half so that it was like (laughs) 32 almonds (laughs) and i used to always get a text message like are you splitting almonds again right now and i'm like yes i am that's funny (laughs) But for me, while I was at work, it was this thing of I want to be able to just reach for something, crunch, work, reach for something, crunch. And it meant that I could reach 32 times instead of just reach 16 times, Mm -hmm. which literally elongated the amount of time I was crunching. And that was enough to fill the satisfaction. I didn't feel bad about it only being 16 almonds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I've got this healthy snack. I'm staying within my portion control. But to your point, that goes back to there were times where you and I were probably obsessing about some of the wrong things, which is maybe our segue into intermittent fasting, because intermittent fasting has just made it so possible for me to not think about it. Yeah, I just don't think about it anymore. Yeah, I never think about what I'm going to eat. I think about when I'm going to eat. And I still try to make smart choices. But at the same time, I don't really, I don't look at the calories. I don't care about that. Nope, I agree. And it has like just been weight lifted off my shoulders Mm -hmm. because it's like, hey, you know what? Nope. It's like, I just know that my window opens at noon and my window closes sometime between six and seven and I don't feel badly about it. And yes, I have a snack in my window. I have my, I have my lunch that breaks my fast. I have my dinner that, you know, starts me into my next fast and somewhere between two, three, four in the afternoon, I have a little healthy snack. Today I had gluten-free peanut butter cookies that I made myself. And they're delicious, and I don't feel oh, bad wow. about them. <laughs> well, in my window is usually sixteen and eight, so I've got a bigger window than you do. But yeah, you know, so if anyone, we did a whole episode on intermittent fasting. So if anyone wants to go back and check that out, and I have a feeling, you know, we might need to start putting a just like a little two or three minute intermittent fasting on the end of a lot of our episodes because we do talk about it a lot. But it's just it's just like magic. I do, even though I set my windows for not eating for 16 hours and I eat for eight. Some days, like yesterday, it just 
didn't work out because of teaching. I fasted for 19 hours and, you know, and so it's just some, you know, but it's nice to have that flexibility. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So let's get back onto the whole snacking thing. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that I had looked up when it came to finding healthy snacks was really about supporting yours and my's and the yogic path of Ayurvedic wellness and clean eating. So for me, when I went through the snacking list and I went, I think I pulled up, I don't know, five, eight sites where I'm like, give me the top 10 healthiest snacks. And on them, I was actually amazed at how many of them offered processed foods as options. And I was like, what? What? No, no friends, please. So Tanya is going to tell you when it comes to snacking, I would prefer that they be whole foods, whether it be some fruit, whether it be some vegetables, whether it be some nuts. And yes, do watch portion control on nuts because with nuts also comes fats and also high calories. In that is also things like kale chips. So yes, you can find some processed whole foods. I actually have been introduced by a friend of mine to uh, dried mushrooms that have like a ranch seasoning on them and they are phenomenal they're they my got favorite. them they've got them at costco but i've yeah. never tried them at oh costco gosh. that's where she she introduced wow. me to them and they're my favorite wow okay i am so checking that out yeah they're fantastic and so they're now my new go-to for a snack but it's a whole food And so it's easy to enjoy. I would also support for me in my Ayurvedic world, snacking on a smoothie. Again, assuming that it's made with whole foods. So whether it's fruit and spinach or blueberries, and and if you're using a protein, that it's a clean protein in your smoothie and or using your apothecary or your adaptogens in your smoothies. Now you're covering all kinds of bases because now it's a healthy snack, but it's also doing you some, we'll say, homeopathic medicinal qualities too as Mm -hmm. well. So you're talking about clean snacks. You're talking about protein smoothies. Maybe you throw in some olives or some edamame. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a a number of things out there that you can have as a healthy snack that's going to keep you away from processed foods. It's going to keep you away from bars and wrappers that are supposedly high protein and supposedly good for you, but they are also processed food. I'm sorry, they're still processed. Mm-hmm. Well, some of I've got a little list of 10, 10 best foods for a yoga diet. And this is really to help you get the most out of your yoga class. And they're foods that you can have generally brought before you, if well, not literally before, but before you go to a class to help you get have enough energy to get through a class. But like a pear is great. It's going to keep you very satisfied because it's got the sweetness, but it's very high in fiber. So pears are wonderful because they have, um, they provide you with instant energy, but that fiber will help keep you full and yeah, fiber is good for us. Whole grains are another thing that you can snack on before class. Just don't go crazy, but like, you know, you can fix a piece of whole grain toast and have it with maybe a banana. And so bananas are a good source of carbohydrates, but they're very quick, easily digested and they convert to fuel real quick for our body. Jackfruit is a great source of vitamin C and antioxidants. And, you know, you can use jackfruit for all kinds of stuff. 
you can even uh, do the green smoothie. It was one of the things I thought about, just a leafy green smoothie for class. Any kind of nuts. Beets are great. I don't know. Have you seen the beets in your area that they're now, uh, they've got in the little to-go containers where they have like the pomegranate seeds and things like that. They have beets now over there and it you know beets have always gotten such a bad rap because it was kind of the food your grandmother and your great-grandmother ate and it always you know looked kind of weird but their nitrates in the beets can help uh, widen the blood vessels and allow more oxygen-rich blood to be delivered to the muscles and so that means you have less lactic acid buildup and that's uh, that can keep you sore you know, after a class. So if you eat beets after a class, it's an effective way to keep from being as sore and fatigued after class. Um, watermelon, because of the high water content, is great, uh, especially if you're going to one of Tanya's classes, a heated class. You know, it keeps, it gives you a lot more fluid in your body. And honey, you know, you've seen the little honey sticks. You don't want to go crazy because it does still have, it is all, all sugar, but um, is really good for the circulatory system and the blood keeping that blood chemistry in balance. And you can just add it to some of your favorite herbal tea. And that's an easy snack to have. And that's probably on my little list of snacks here. That's probably the one I go to the most. It's just a hot tea with honey. I love that. I feel like when you did that, though, you said 10 things and I only wrote down nine. So what did I miss? I did not include tofu. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, so let me tell let me tell you why. I'm glad you asked that. But let me tell you why I did not include tofu. I went through a big and I have no, nothing to back this up except the doctor said maybe. But for a while there, I was tofu crazy. And I did a lot of soy products and I do believe the right quantities. It's, it's a great source of protein and it can help reduce the level of bad cholesterol in your body and it can help improve your cardiovascular health. But I had estrogen positive uh, breast cancer. And um, I was, that's when I was eating soy, soybean, uh, toasted soybeans for snacks and tofu and everything. And because there's a lot of plant estrogens and I, you know, they've never proved a relation between the two, but I just generally don't eat a lot of tofu because of that. And I asked the doctor if it could have influenced, he said, who knows why you got it? Could it? Maybe. And so all I have to have is a maybe. And I'm like, okay, bye. You're gone, tofu. You're gone. So... <laughs> So, so your so anti-tofu is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, I still will have tofu occasionally. If I'm out at a restaurant and there's a dish with tofu, I'll get that. But I don't cook with tofu now. And I, I don't use soy milk. I don't use any products really with soy because of that. Yeah, plant estrogens are very different than the estrogens in our body, but they don't know for sure that it doesn't have an effect. For sure. I love it. Yeah. Well, I love it. Getting on healthy snacks is kind of a great way to start out 2023. And I know that you and I both have a ton to share about healthy habits and our cookbooks that you and I so love and rave about. And I think that in our next episode, we'll even have some apps we can share for starting your 2023 outright. Absolutely. Tune in. Tune in. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions.
Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.